All right, turn to First Kings chapter King. Knowing that this day was going to come, uh, before I even knew I was headed to Peabody Mass, the Lord showed me this was going to be my send-off message. But then, uh, even last night, he tweaked it to make it fresh, even more so. So, uh, this has been one uh, in the one that's been cooking for quite a while. So, and it's it's. I was thinking on it even today. It is the nineteenth of January, and we're going to First Kings nineteen. So, I'm telling you, I'm trying to make it easy for you. Trying to help you out even if I can't help myself. You know what I mean? Uh, And then, of course, my official Sunday at uh, Tabernacle is going to be 0202-2020. You know what I'm saying? So if if I can't remember that, i got serious issues. Uh, Our story tonight brings us to Elijah the prophet to Elisha to anoint him to be the next prophet. So without further ado, let's read verse 19. So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. So we see that the scene is all panned out for us. We've got this field, and uh, we've got Elisha. Now, I've heard people say that there was, there was 24 oxen, and he was manning the whole show, almost like a combine. Um, I don't know if he was Goliath and had bulging muscles. To me, that seems a little out of control. Um, what it seems to me, because it, it talks about him um, burning the instruments of the oxen, the yoke, so uh, it appears to me that there are uh, 12 separate yoke of oxen, and he's back with the 12th because he's the one controlling, managing the fields, making sure they're all getting plowed, and so they each have their own yoke, and they're all running, running their rows. And so he's making sure that they're all getting lined out right and, and uh, getting them uh, done correctly. He's managing the whole field. Um, but what we want to focus in on, it says in verse 21, it says, And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. When the yoke is gone, when the yoke is gone, uh, Elisha burned the yoke to follow the man of God. Uh, What happens when the yoke is gone? It is an action of faith, both 
for the man of God and for the workers that are left on the farm. There was a stepping out by the man of God and there was a stepping in by the workers on the farm. How will you respond when the yoke is gone? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you showed me uh, the seven years that I've been here. Some things that you taught me along the way. And uh, continue to teach me. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd be with those here that are uh, continually being taught as well. Lord, that we'd never get uh, tired of learning and being taught uh, by you and by your word and growing in grace. And uh, we're thankful that that's the case because that means that you haven't put us on the shelf yet. That we're not done yet. That you still have a plan for us. You still have a calling for us. And that we would uh, know it and follow it and and live it and uh, please you with it. In Jesus' name, amen. When the yoke is gone, it requires a stepping out. And so uh, Elisha here uh, stepped out. Uh, When the yoke is gone, the man of God had to step out by faith. Uh, Mr. Beam, you'll have to bear with me. I have no alliteration tonight. None. I almost had a couple thoughts and it it didn't come back. So I said, okay. Uh, So uh, the instruments of character fuel the spiritual yoke of ministry. The instruments of character fuel the spiritual yoke of ministry. Here we've got a manual labor that uh, was being accomplished by Elisha. And he has uh, developed over some years in the field some character qualities that he is going to take with him and follow into full-time ministry. Uh, Elijah was... and, and uh, through the Lord, obviously, was looking for a man that was busy in the work. When I, I got here, the last thing I wanted to do was work a full-time job and, and do the things here. Uh, but what I did, I decided to uh, take a, a booklet, and um, when I didn't lose it in, my, in, in the pile of my stuff, I would write things down in that booklet of some things that I learned from my vocational field that I thought I would need in the uh, full-time service field. Uh, We think that when uh, we are working um, a vocation that it it is separate, and it is, if you will, separate from full-time ministry. But uh, the, the... the vocational is also preparation for the spiritual. And God uses the vocational to prepare us in the spiritual. Uh, it's because if you're not going to be in full-time ministry, that, therefore God's not working in your life. Because see how that just doesn't add up. Uh, God uses every area of our life. And what we want to do sometimes is we want to just cut that thing up. And we want to divide it all up. And uh, the fact was that God was using Elisha right there on the farm. And that's why he moved on. (laughs) Because he learned what he needed to learn. Uh, How are we doing with where we are at? Uh, I I wrote some some, uh, 
thoughts here in this booklet. Uh, learn the whole story before you react. I remember uh, uh, a guy by the name of Steve, and uh, I had put some blankets on it, and I was dealing with the, it, it was wintertime, blankets. It's, uh, it's a wonderful thing. Those that, in, that have worked construction are all smiling because uh, you, use, you use the blankets when you get, you get there in the morning after you've poured a, uh, the concrete, and usually it is snowed. That's why you put the blanket on to cover the concrete. And so they're wet, they're full of snow, and then you have to denail them off of the panels and you soak your gloves at 7 o'clock in the morning, and then after that, you have to start working on depinning, and usually at that point, you, you are depinning with your hammer the uh, pins that are in the, the forms, and then you smash your fingers after they're wet and frozen. And it's just wonderful times of character building in your life. And um, uh, this, these, these blankets were, well, there was a misunderstanding and there was a wrong reaction. And uh, I learned, you know what, I need to make sure I'm not that kind of a reaction. Same, same individual, I remember he was getting razzed uh, on the way he was doing the job. I said, hey, Steve. He's what? <laughs> You're doing a fine job. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, learn to encourage others. You never know when you will need their backing. The next day... I can remember a guy was lightened into me. And Steve comes around the side, leave him alone! <laughs> it was done. You just never know when you're going to need that encouragement. When you're going to need to uh, have what you've already reaped. Make sure it's a good reaping. <laughs> because uh, you'll reap back what you gave. Be careful not to say something one way and be twisted to say another. I'm not going to go into the illustration of this when I worked with construction workers. All right? Moving on. Don't bother the bosses or foremans with problems you should or can take care of yourself. And that'll be a good one as I go off the scene. Uh, because if you can do it, don't bother the pastor. Just get it done. <laughs> uh, I, I can remember it was a basic it was a basic thing and it was frustrating to the foreman because he was right in the middle of something else and he's like, go find it. Yeah, yeah, shame on me. I should have just gone gone and found it. Be involved with what the boss needs done, not what is not as pressing. Get in the heat of what's happening at that moment and make that the center and the focus uh, with what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, and usually it was right in the heat of a pour or right, in the, right before the pour. We had to get something done. You just got to jump in and make it happen. Uh, uh, this, last, this last fall, some guys were getting frustrated because it was just a, a, just a few of us, maybe three of us, that were busy getting the job done, and we were calling out for things to get done, and there was four guys just standing around. What is that? Uh, not too busy with what is pressing to get the wall accomplished, to get the job done. Uh, that's frustrating. Uh, don't be that individual. Uh, you may always be uh, treated like the lower end of the totem pole, but it is never right to retaliate back. You just got to love them anyways. 
Gotta love them anyways. Um, focus on the head of the nail and you'll hit it every time. I remember a day I was, uh, it was, it was either, it was real, real uh, starting back up and man, I just, I couldn't hit the, couldn't hit the nail for the life of me that day. It was just, I'm like, come on, you know, the boss always would say, hit the nail, Sally. That was, that was his uh, little, little phrase. And uh, he, uh, but the, the foreman said, hey, uh, what do you say? Uh, focus on the head of the nail, and you'll hit it every time. Uh, you know, that helped me. In regard to preaching, focus on the nail and the main point and hammer it home every time. Uh, I can remember through the years, people that just had their scattered messages and try to <laughs> wiggle through it, and you're, afterwards you're like, I'm trying to get something out of this, but where is this going? Uh, I want to make sure that I'm not that same individual that's trying to hit the nail. Uh, hit, that, hit that point home. Good bosses think the small things are important. Uh, I was taken to another job because a guy didn't help the um, uh, forklift operator uh, keep from running over the points. And the points are what you need to put your wall up. It's a little thing, but if you run the point over, you can't find the wall. It's a little thing. I made sure he didn't run over the points when I got on the show. Um, and it really frustrated me with that character because the next day, uh, Elizabeth uh, Dunbar and my wife were going over to visit with me, but I had to go to the other job because the guy couldn't do his job. Thanks. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not bitter though. <laughs> All right. Uh, the world wants to laugh. Give them a reason without perversion. Show them Christianity is fun, but it's also clean. Some people are in your life not so you can change them, but so God can change you. There's a guy who... Um, if he doesn't change his ways, he's headed for a godless hell. No matter what I do, the, the kinder I'm in, I am to him, the more it ticks him off. But I can't change him. But I can make sure it changes me. I, I, had, I had a father-son duo, and they both had some dynamic challenges in their personalities. And... One of the guys on the crew says, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I would have been gone a while ago that I would lose my whole steam. I, I, I just blow it. I don't know how you do it. It's called the grace of God. Why? Because you've got to allow God to change you. It's easy to look around and say, well, you're this problem and your problem. No, 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 no. Okay, Lord, I'll look in the mirror. God wants to change you. Enjoy the humility of the lesser people of society than to fight for position with the proud. Everybody's trying to be the top guy. Hey, let's just go hang out with the guy who's dirting and pounding nails and stakes. Because <laughs> there's a lot less drama. 
We've always said if we put GoPros on the guys, man, we make multi-million dollars having, you know, as Burns, as Burns Brothers turns, I tell you. You know, I think, wow. I mean, for, you know, forget this, you know, barely making it there, boss. Just, just put GoPros on everybody. Money, I mean, reality TV, boom. We got, you got your money. You're, go, you're golden. Uh, and, and I'm sure every, every other person that goes to work says, that is true. <laughs> We, that would work in probably everybody's occupation. Um, you can't be a good carpenter until you're a good laborer. You know what? There's steps to the Christian life. And you've got to learn one before you get to the other. So when the yoke is gone, the instruments of character is what will fuel the spiritual yoke of ministry. Go to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Elijah's off the scene now. Elisha is the man. Elisha had the character of being a good worker, he learned by plowing with oxen. How to do a job right. Second Kings 6, 1 says, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell and He answered, go ye. Look at verse 3. And one said, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. You know, part of what fueled my work ethic, not, not just because, yes, I need to do it to please the Lord. But when you have a 68 year old boss hand throwing a panel over his head that's about a hundred and something pounds a piece and uh, doing the job, it kind of compels you to just make sure you're doing the job extra hard. <laughs> um, you know what? This Elisha had some character. And they said, hey, hey, uh, hey man of God, uh, we want you to come with us. Why? Because you know how to make it happen. <laughs> You know how to get the job done. We need to make this little cabin, and you're going to be cutting these logs because you know how to do it. You're going to organize this thing. You're going to work, and uh, you're going to make this thing happen. It says there, so he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. Uh, he had character. Uh, Elisha learned to be over people and deal with people's problems. <laughs> he, he learned how to deal with working with people. Again, he was the one in the back with the 12. Hey, that's getting a little off there. Let's line up number 11. <laughs> you know, uh, the line's looking a little zigzag there. Let's straighten up. What? Uh, he was in control. He was getting those things where they needed to be. Oh, uh, uh, Elisha, my, my plow just broke. I don't know what to do. Okay, we'll, we'll deal with this. I'm not going to lose it. Uh, and so here we go again. This is the third time this week. What's the deal, buddy? Uh, but, you know, there you go. 
Verse 5, but when one was felling a beam, the axe had fell into the water. You know, I, I've heard of when you play golf, four! But when you're saying four and there's an axe head coming at your neck, that's a little nerve-wracking, you know? It's like, whoa, safety second. <laughs> wow, issues. Um, hey, buddy, you almost lost a profit there. You know, we're supposed to be evangelizing, not losing them because you're killing them off with an axe head. And then, oh, it was borrowed. What are you doing? <laughs> like, you're supposed to bring your own. Uh, yeah. What did he do? Well, he had some character that he had to learn back on the farm. <laughs> so when those times came, all right, let's, let's enact farm time. <laughs> Here we go. Back at it. Back to work. You know, it's not now the, the water opening up in the Jordan and uh, all of the wonderful miracles. It's just the day-to-day. <laughs> it's the day-to-day work. But he knew how to do it. Because he had the instruments of character. He had that uh, yoke that he used. That yoke was something that reminded him of the, the hard work. Reminded him of the character. He learned how to be over people. It says there in uh, verse 21, it says, They gave unto people, unto the people, and they did eat. Probably the workers I'm assuming probably even his parents. You know, it, it does not mention them, but we find then he arose and went after Elijah. Now, maybe they, maybe they argued it. Maybe they struggled with it. Maybe they fought with him. But the, the bottom line is that Elisha's parents let him go. Let him go. Uh, they did not stop him. Uh, Elisha means God as salvation. Uh, Elisha's parents had 24 expensive animals. Uh, they did not have horsepower tractors. They had 24 ox-powered machine on their property. They had to get the farm uh, where it needed to be. Uh, they would have been considered well off in Israel. Uh, they were a remnant of grace that God set apart for himself. And because of that, he said, I want to take one. I like what I see here. I like the work ethic. I like the heart. I like the service. I want to use them. This church is one of the best in the country. I have my own now. I've got to say that, you know. But if we don't give back the best to God, the church can lose their effectiveness. If we start coasting out, We'll lose our effectiveness. In general, too many parents are concerned about more of the comforts of a good job. When I was even at college, it was about how much do you have in the bank so that my, my you know, uh, girl uh, will be okay in ministry. It's ministry. Uh, you know, could you imagine someone coming up to Adnar and Judson? Well, you know... Uh, you need to make sure you have so much money before you go out for the next eight years. <laughs> it's not what happened. We're soft. You know, we dedicate our children when they are young and then steer them to search out an education and make sure the education with a vocation that they will be pleased with. What about what God is pleased with? 
Parents did not intervene with God's plan. Now, maybe there was some struggle with it. But we find that Elisha went with Elijah. We find that Elisha got a double portion of God's power in his life. Because mom and dad didn't intervene. That Elisha was used of God in that country because his parents said, go ahead, do it. I'll let you go. Burn the instruments of the oxen. I'll let you do it. He took up the mantle of Elijah and fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. How did he have God's power in his life? Because he had some parents that were concerned about that kind of lifestyle. How are we doing? Elisha challenged his great God to do something greater in his life. Not go back to his parents. He burnt that. He burnt that. Said, "We're not going. We're not going backward." It's another another quote from the bosses. We're not going backward. We're going forward. Let's go. Get her done. <laughs> you got it, boss. <laughs> you, you signed my paycheck. Whatever you say. <laughs> Uh, how are we doing? Are we going backward or are we going forward? Burning the instruments and the oxen put the trust on God for provision. 2 Kings 4, 8 says, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem. There was a great woman. It, it, this, is not, this is not saying she was big. It means one of means, Okay. Uh, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither and it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. What does that even mean? It means when he burnt the instruments of oxen and said, you know what, I'm going to trust my God's going to take care of me, that uh, this person of means that left his family with means, God had somebody else already in the wings for the time that he needed it to take care of Every one of those needs. Why? Because when we trust God, He'll take care of us. But not only is there a stepping out, there's a stepping in. It says, So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. And he with the twelfth and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. But it says there that he burnt those instruments of oxen. That twelfth is no longer available for work. 
Now I say there's a stepping out and there's a stepping in. I didn't say there's a stepping up. Sometimes we, we step up only if there's a position available. We had a guy do that. He went right over the top of another guy at, the, at work to get that coveted form and position. And then he got it and couldn't handle the stress of that position. And uh, eventually, a few years, he just he got burnt out and left for a couple of years, came back, and uh, couldn't, couldn't handle it again. Uh, and, and finally, now he's not even with the company. But um, the problem was he was, he was proud, focused on uh, the position. You know, what we need is we just need to step in. Here, the, the yoke is not replaced and that position might never have even been replaced that Elisha had. But there was a stepping in. Uh, when the yoke is gone, the workers on the farm had to step in by faith. Uh, step in to fill the gap. The twelfth left when the yoke was gone. When the yoke is gone, those workers had to take a little extra time to get that field done because that, that one-twelfth yoke really got a lot of work done. <laughs> um, going to have to maybe help out financially by working more where it's lacking. Have to work with a little humility without the reward of praise. When I find I have to be praised for the job, I'm not doing the job correctly. Let others leave to do the work of the Lord. You know, those, those men ate with, it says, and gave unto the people. I believe that they were probably excited for Elisha. They allowed him to go, but they were willing to do the extra work to let him do the work of God. Discomfort and stretching of abilities will be required. You know, common excuses might be that the same people push their way to do the work, to be recognized. Okay. It's kind of like the person that says, well, I won't go to church because of all the hypocrites. Well, be the one that's not a hypocrite then. <laughs> well, be the one to step in. Don't let that stop you. You can't keep pushing others out into full-time service and not have those needs fulfilled. And you know, I don't want to have somebody else step in and not get a blessing because they just got in my way. All right, Lord, show me where you want me. You know, sometimes we, we just we don't give it back to God in faith. Lord, I need to, I want to, she'll show me. You know, God's not going to say, sorry, you can't do anything for me. Oh, you're a volunteer? Sorry, I don't need you. Oh, he doesn't operate that way. But our mindset says, well, they never came to me. Don't wait for that. Ask God. Get direction from Him. Go talk to pastor. Communicate? The people helping me don't know what they're doing. Is it because of them or is it because of me? <laughs> if you are doing the work, be gracious with willing workers who want to help. 
Work well with them. Get in the yoke with them and teach with patience. You know, because the world does not know how to do this. They don't know how to do it. What makes us different? When we can step in without having to step up or step on someone to get there. How are we doing? Where is our mindset? Maybe there's some young people that God's wanting to call. Maybe you've surrendered it and, and you've kind of lost that direction. Hopefully you're not a parent that's pushing them away. Maybe you're the one that needs to step in, help with the load. Maybe you just need to say, Pastor, I don't know what there's available right now. I don't even see it. Maybe you don't even see it, but let's pray about this together. There's a spirit-filled thought. How are we doing? Maybe there's one that needs to step out. Maybe you've gotten too comfortable here. But maybe someone here needs to step in because you've gotten too comfortable here. Where are you? Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed. You know what it requires? It requires faith. But it never comes without great rewards and fulfillment from God. You ever like looking back at a work done well? It's satisfying. How much more when we do it for the Lord? Heavenly Father, I do thank you for your word. I thank you for all that you've taught me over the years. And Lord, the things that you taught these people here as we've been in the work together. Lord, I, I pray that you would never stop working in our lives and in our hearts. That we'd be responsive to listening to your prodding in our life and, and continually uh, searching uh, the next step and the, the direction you have for us as we uh, grow closer in your will and uh, live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. This time we'll quietly stand at our pew.